you are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Okay, so you had your, hopefully I've got the slide order right, unlike some other people this morning. No, oh, has he? Yes, there we go. So this was your verse for last week, okay? This is our new message series. That was intentional. But this, work, work, this is your verse from last week. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will, Romans 12, 2. Okay, so what did you get from that this week? Did you assimilate it in? Or did you go to the end of the message series and all onus is now off me? It's a great verse. Spend some time in it. Why not? Oh, he's say that again. Pleasing. Pleasing. Yes. on a bit of a bunny trail. And Jeremiah 29, 11 is um, that he has good plans for you, plans to prosper you and to bring over a future and what you would hope for, not to destroy you. So it is good and it's pleasing. And anybody else? Right, okay. So the do not conform part, okay. Yes. Thanks for that. Anybody else? So as you get your mind renewed and dyed yourself interest, then you can see things and you can see things afresh. For me, it's always the being able to, then, 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 it's the then, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So take all that you have uh, learned and apply it. And I mean, I wouldn't get religious about it. I wouldn't. Maybe there are seasons where it is, it's going to be like a verse a day or a verse a week. And maybe it's just a single verse for a season. Maybe I know that for Claire, uh, Psalm 4610, just simply be still. Um, It just is be still. And that has been the word of lots of seasons. Um, And for me, delight yourself in the Lord. That just is always a tune that's playing in the background. So no matter what it is, hopefully you have some tools as to how you can actually assimilate these words into your life. Okay, so we are now uh, moving into our new message series, if we can go back one, to uh, Becoming. So the Robert Frost poem uh, that talks about, you know, I I had to learn it. It was about you're in a narrow wood. Sorry, I could not travel both. But be one long I stood, and there was two pathways anyway. And at the end, he says, I took the one less traveled by. But he talks about way leads on to way. So what we tend to find with anything that God does is way leads on to way. Even when you ask people how they arrived at the job that they're doing, typically there's a process of way leading on to way. So that word becoming that we explored last week, we're now going to take and explore as we enter into this Advent season. So we're not quite at Advent yet. Advent really truly begins next Sunday. It's the four Sundays before Christmas. Um, but we're going to just just sort of just 
talk to it a little bit when we get towards the, the end of the message. But I want to pick up a little bit of last week and then move us along to this message series on becoming. So last week was pretty profound. And certainly when it came to ministry, it, I mean, I find it pretty profound. Would you agree? He was here. Uh, there's an element where he's here. We just want to let him be him and partner with him. That's our goal is that we have his presence among us. But like Moses, we're not going anywhere unless you're among us. We want him here. And it can take time to process those things. If I can help you with uh, what might have happened or what you experienced last week, you know that I'm here to do that. And please let me do that if you want to just talk it through. But to pick up the thread of last week, so we talked a, a lot about the voice. We talked about the Father, a word spoken by the living voice. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that is the Father, the word spoken by the living voice. Then you have a reference to the word, John 1, 14, about the word becoming flesh. And that word there is typically just for Jesus in reference to Jesus. And I made the suggestion that he's like the vocal cords in the Trinity um, as, there, as the speaking happens. And it says in John 1 that everything that was made was made through him. So he was present along with the Spirit and along with the Father in everything that was in his created. And I said that uh, we looked at the word then become, become meaning to emerge, transition from one point, realm, or condition to another, to become. It means to, it signifies a change of condition. And if you look into the root of our English word, the middle English word becoming uh, means to approach, arrive, enter, meet with, fall in with, or happen. In the German, it means to come around, come about, come across, and come by. All of these words that we just accept because we've been taught them, when you break them down, it's like the word happiness. When you break it down, I think it's the, is it the Latin word, or there's a root word that talks about hap, which literally means to have the dice fall your way. So we don't really, as believers, well, in our souls we might, but in our spirits, we don't really want to be happy. We do not want the dice to fall our way. We want it to, life to be about Him. So we're not about happiness here, although that can be a byproduct of joy. It's okay to be happy, but our goal here is to be His. And that's discovered when you look into the meaning of the word. So to become, to transition from one state to another, and I offer to you that this is your season of becoming. Did you receive that? That this is your season of becoming? Because you can go, that's for them. Or, oh, that's nice. Or, japers, that's for me. This is my season of becoming. The word became flesh and it all changes when you let the Word become flesh. When Jesus became flesh, the Word became flesh. He came, He lived among us, He chose to die at the will of the Father, and He was resurrected. So it all changes when the Word becomes flesh. Let me read uh, Colossians 3.16 to you. It might be wise to take note of that verse. Colossians 3.16, and this is the Amplified Version. Let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind, permeating every aspect of your being as you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I was, as, I, as I was uh, prepping this, I thought, geez, that would have been a good verse to have applied when we're actually talking about lifesavers. Let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind and permeating every aspect of your being. So this is about assimilating the word of Christ into your life. And this is your season of becoming. And I said to you, where you were is not where you are and where you are is not where you're going. Did you take that one? Can you see this year that where you were is not where you actually are and where you are is not where, we're go- where you're going? And we don't know what that looks like. Do you think you know what that looks like? Do you know the, the joke, how do you make God laugh? Yeah, tell them your plans. Like, God, I'm going to, I, I love listening to, um, you know, obviously this, you know, when uh, Anna and uh, Brooke are in year 10, so they're thinking about their GCSE choices, which is right and what they're going to do. Um, and I would like to do this and I would like to become this. Well, that really hasn't been my experience. And maybe I'm not the most helpful person in this, but I've counted up. I think I have somewhere between 15 and different, 20 different jobs that I've done. And I really do believe that I have been following him. We do not know who we are becoming. We know that we're going to become more like Jesus if we go after him, but we do not know where this goes. We have got some anchors, which are Jeremiah 29, 11. You've got Romans 12, 2. You've got lots of verses about his goodness. You've got, if you delight yourself on him, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. But there are no guarantees that it's going to look like what you think it's going to look like. That's uncomfortable. And most, I don't know how much we actually square up to that. That's a negative reality that actually is a positive because he's really good. So if you let God lead you, he's going to lead you somewhere far better than you could ever lead yourself. Remember when I went to, I was in Regent and as, at a school and at my school and went to the careers and I said to them, I want to be an artist. And they were like, right, um, do you want to teach? And I said, no. And they went, right. So if you don't fit in the box of what everybody thinks should fit in, then what do you do? Well, maybe you pioneer away. Maybe it's yours to plow forwards and do things that maybe don't make sense to everybody else. And in the end, you know, the guy who, let me see, Peter Jackson, uh, who directed the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I think he was refused by at least three or four different production companies, certainly Star Wars. Uh, Who was it that took... I think it was uh, Skywalker. Mark Hamill was the only one that actually took royalties from it. The rest of them thought that it would be a total flop. So many things, so many things that looked like they were a flop. And in the end, they may refuse you in your infancy of what you're doing. But when you get to your maturity of it, they may, may well want you among them. So if you can have the courage to do what God's asking you to do, no matter what it looks like, and the world desperately wants you to conform, you think about it when people are in pain, the first thing that we want to do is to effectively fix them. Sadly, not always because we want them to be better, but because it's really uncomfortable for us to be around people who are in a state of pain and distress. Isn't that right? 
So when we do things that are different and don't conform to the pattern of this world, it causes a jarring and a shaking, which is what it's designed to do. And I've totally got off topic and I need to get back in. So we haven't seen who you're becoming yet. And that's a place where we need to live in the tension of, we don't know, but we know that we're going somewhere. And when you embody and assimilate the words of Christ in your life, then Jesus can be seen in you. And that's what people are attracted to. That's why people want to hang out with you. That's why they want to hear what you have to say. That's why they just like being around you. It's because you have embodied his presence among you. And also on the other side of that, that could be why they don't want to be anywhere near you. That could be why they don't share things with you. And that could be why they keep you very much away from them because they don't want the presence of Christ in you around them. So become the embodiment of the thoughts that God has spoken to you. Okay, so let's move on. Anybody know what movie this belongs to? I have many of you seen The Matrix? Have, show of hands, have we got a... Yeah, it's, well, not, not actually, is it not a... It was really, really popular in the late... I think it was the late 90s, early, early 2000s. That can't be all the old people. Did you like The Matrix? I feel like my career's teacher. Right. <laughs> Anybody know any famous quotes from The Matrix? I mean, he said it much better, Lawrence Fishburne, I think it was. But yeah, that was quite, quite good, love, yeah. Any, any other quotes? Yes, something about a rabbit hole, anything else? Yes. And uh, if you haven't seen it, have a look at Andrew and then look at, uh, what was he called? What was he called? Mr. Smith. And also, actually, the Lord of the Rings. Lay aside the ranger and become who you were born to be. Huh? <laughs> Okay, so Morpheus said, you take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Mm, none of you are wishing, waving your tissues to that one. Anybody want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes? Morpheus also said, I can only show you the door. You're the one who has to walk through it. Mm, damn. Mm. On my own with that one, clearly. That was awkward. We were getting there and now we've gone back. Awkwardometer. Morpheus also said, Neo, sooner or later you're going to have to realize, just as I did, that there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Mm. That, well, we got a head nod over in the corner, no noise. That was a very Northern Irish. Mm -hmm. Would you like me to read that one again? I'll call right then. Neo, sooner or later, insert your own name, sooner or later, you're going to realize, just as I did, that there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. I would rather be beside somebody who's walking it, and it's messy, and they're describing it from the inside out than someone who has a pristine, nice little box of it together. 
If you've seen the movie Shadowlands, one of the things that Joy Gresham challenges in C.S. Lewis is you're talking about pain, but actually you're not choosing to go through the suffering of it. What I want to offer to you through this is it's your choice. Now, we spent a lot of years um, really affirming and teaching and admonishing you that you have a choice. Would you say you know that? You've actually got a choice. The enemy wants you to believe that you don't have one. Really, he wants you to go, you're this, diagnosis this, this is, well, that's your, I mean, that's what your family's like. It's like you're going to be that way. That's what the, the income's always been. That's, it's just, I mean, that, that's, oh, I'm so sorry. What's it, I mean, but that's just the way it is. The enemy really wants to communicate through everything. You do not have a choice in any shape or form. His declarations are restrictive. God's declarations are liberating. You have a choice. And here's the rub in all of this. I have seen in my own life and in giving them and in being around other people receiving prophetic words that were on, they were on, they were from God and they were true, that were never assimilated nor incarnated and they fall to the ground. And we have a responsibility. And the world does not like responsibility. It wants the yes, I have, and declares, and I have positional authority, and all those things. But the truth of we have choices to make, and we have responsibility. So I want to ask you, are there any words that you've been given, prophetic words that you've been given, that you know that you did not intentionally choose to act on? Did you just kind of let them fall? Or maybe you thought that they would just happen to you. Just want to leave that there. Maybe there are. If you're still alive, I would suggest it's likely that you can pick them up again. All is not lost. Change is still possible. You cannot become who God has called you to be if you do not realize that it's your choice to respond or not to respond. And also, it's really, really important that you know that you don't have to respond. It's okay. I'm not going to hunt you down. I'm not going to say to you, why did you not respond? If you were following Jesus, you would have responded. I might say, talk to me. How are you doing? Did you choose? Yeah, I did. Okay. You have got a choice. And part of the problem is that we've been around so much leadership that is manipulative and coercive that we think that that's how it should be done. Isn't that true? You know, could you please could you please come and help us with the children's ministry? Because we're really struggling. And I mean, if you don't do it, then we might not be able to have a children's ministry. And you know the scenes from Shrek when the cat's eyes go really big? If you don't do this, there's going to be all these children that won't have that experience. Leslie, if you don't play guitar, then we can worship. Ruth, Ruth, if you ever leave us, we'll be lost. <laughs> Careers teacher moment. Okay. And then Jesus comes and who he is and says, okay, I'm going to lay before you. This was in Joshua. Here's life and here's death. I suggest you choose life. That's it. I mean, it, it's uncomfortable that he actually does offer, okay, so here's, here's what I have for you. It's up to you, okay? And then when people go, no thanks, he goes, okay. Okay, I do love you. Okay. 
that's not really the God that I grew up with because what was modeled to me was uh, gentle forcing, gentle pressure, uh, very, very persuasive, uh, guilt that accompanied the manipulation that was going on and just, it, w- it was just coercive and that's just the way that it's done. I remember uh, somebody came to me, it wasn't very popular because of this, but uh, she came to me and said, um, I have something really big happening next week and next Sunday. And this is when I was working at the weekends and uh, next Sunday. And I mean, I really, really need you to cover me. And if you don't cover me, then I can't go. And I said to her, no, I don't want to do that. She was raging. And I thought, that's your problem. You're not here to be manipulated. Hopefully you realize that. You're here to be presented with who he is and what's actually true and for you to make a choice. Because if you are doing it out of fear, then, I mean, that's not really a choice. That's, that's receiving influence that you shouldn't have. When we make the best and truest choices, we make them going, okay, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? No, okay, I, I, I would like to do this. Or actually, I don't want to do this. And our choices are respected. You are free. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Fear drives you, but love draws you. And we're all about drawing an invitation because that's what he's about. And I want to give you this, I read this scene from the uh, life of Jesus and it really does show what he's like. So please let your mind be renewed because so often we're exposed to models that aren't helpful. So this, this is the rich young ruler and this is the amplified version. This is from, I think it's in Mark 10. As he was leaving on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before Jesus and asked him and said, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is essentially good by nature except God alone. You know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't testify falsely, don't defraud and honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I've carefully kept all these commandments since, since uh, my youth. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love, high regard and compassion for him. And he said to him, that is so important. You've got to stop right there. Jesus looked at him and felt so much compassion and love for him. Do you ever have that experience? Sometimes when you're with people and you're kind of overwhelmed with a love and a compassion for them. And Jesus said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all your property and give the money to the poor and you will have abundant treasure in heaven and come follow me. Become my disciple, believing and trusting in me and walking the same path of life that I walk. But the man was saddened at Jesus's words and he left grieving. So Jesus went after him and Jesus said, no, not everything. I mean, if you would do 80%, the man said, still too much. Jesus said, listen, I've only got 12 here. I need to up my numbers. So is there any chance that if we dealt at 50%, and the man went, well, I mean, you're pushing it like. And then Jesus said, uh, well, okay, we'll do 45. And the man says, done, I'll be your disciple. Jesus looked around. He didn't, obviously, you know, he didn't do that. Jesus said, if you want this, this is what it looks like. And the man, rich young ruler, walked away saddened and grieving. Really, that's what the word means, really grieving. To experience, actually, I looked up what the root word was, grieving to experience deep emotional pain. Anybody else felt deep emotional pain when they've said no to Jesus? Not out of guilt, but out of, 
Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who are wealthy and cling to possessions and status as security to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed and bewildered by his words, but Jesus said to them again, children, how difficult it is for those who place their hope and confidence in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for the camel, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man who places his faith in wealth or status to enter the kingdom of God. And they were completely and utterly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus does a lot of looking. Looking at them, Jesus said, with people, as far as it depends on them, it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Jesus tells the rich young ruler what he needs to do. He gives him a choice, he lets him make it, and he respects his decision. So love grants a choice. So please let this just drive in a little bit further that it is up to you what you want to do. And you hold the gauge and the dial as to how deep you want to see this rabbit hole goes. Okay, so let's look at what the title of this message is, which is choosing to trust the person of the process, choosing to trust the process. So you and I have no idea where this goes, isn't that right? We may have some revelation, but even at that, 1 Corinthians 13.9 tells us we know in part and we prophesy in part. So we might get a sense that it's in this general area and it may look like this, but we don't really know. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, you'll know this, says, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize Him, and He will make your path straight and smooth. He will remove obstacles that block your way. And then this verse, verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. So we've got to learn to choose to trust the person of the process. Can you think of areas of your life where you've got to trust the process? If you can, shout them out. What would they be? You're holding your head in your hands here, Tishy. There's a reason. reason. Where, where in your life do you have to trust the process? Online shopping. <laughs> that they're actually going to deliver it. Yes, where they come through, what they say through. Okay. Anywhere you're learning something. Okay. Any examples, Ben, or? Okay. Okay. Anywhere else? Cooking? Do you like cooking? And, and anywhere, anywhere else? <laughs> Public transport. Okay, and anywhere else? Peter, what if you're building something? Oh, contentious one. Trust the process. Anywhere else? 
Anywhere else? <laughs> oh, yeah. Marriage, too. Trust the process. We're going to get through. Painting, I find in that, trust the process. I mean, I start and I'm thinking, well, I'm not actually thinking, is this going to go anywhere? It's just trust the process and see where it goes. It will actually emerge. You trust the process, it will emerge. If you trust the person of the process, it will emerge. Good plans, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. If you trust him in the process, it actually will emerge. It will. It actually will emerge. If it's not emerging yet, keep going. It will emerge. I have, um, we're going to move into, to we're now just changing slight direction. We're going to comment a little about this, the Christmas period and Advent. So I have a very vivid memory um, from Christmases many years ago. And I was at home, it was about 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve, and it was that, you know that deep blue dusk light that you get? It's like Edward Hopper, oh, look him up, His, he just painted it all, we were on that lovely blue light. And uh, we, at Christmas time, we were too radical, moved the sofa forwards towards the fire, and you could almost tell, like if you were totally disorientated, you walk in the room and go, it must be Christmas because the sofa's pushed towards the fire. And Carol's from Kings was on the TV, so it would be BBC Two at about four o'clock. And my dad turned to me and said, son, this is when Christmas truly begins. There are some things that have to be said or can only be said by certain people. And somehow they stay with you and they keep speaking to you. And every Christmas at about four o'clock, I can see my dad saying to me, son, this is when Christmas truly begins. We're at the cusp of this Advent season, the madness of it all, all the questions about what are you going to get for this person, what did we do last year, and hopefully you've had the who's coming from dinner, and the budget conversations um, that we explored in small group, uh, which was very, very funny. Hopefully Andrew and Hillary survived that, uh, but it was very funny. Uh, but how many trees, you, all, the, all of the stuff and the madness that surrounds Christmas. It's a bit nuts. But what this is all about is the word becoming flesh. And this message series on becoming is taking that we've got to let the word become flesh in our lives. So we're going to look at his process of becoming and take that as a lens and look at our own lives. But in 1918, the nine lessons and carols uh, was first held in King's College in Cambridge. And this is from the bidding prayer, which I thought was really appropriate. And I, I would love to do it in the accent, but I don't want it sort of makes fun of it, and I don't want to do that. It says, Beloved, be it, be it this Christmas time, and, and that it's always done on Christmas Eve, so be it this Christmas Eve, our care and delight to prepare ourselves to hear again the message of the angels, in heart and mind to go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, and the babe lying in a manger. The center of the service is still found by those who go in heart and mind, and who consent to follow where the story leads. So as we look at this Advent season, and part of it is it's so fluffy and got all the feels, because it's all about, ooh, do you remember Michael McIntyre did this thing about, do we feel Christmassy? Ooh, start to feel, I can't do it in his inimitable style, but it's got all the feels 
and it's surrounded by tinsel and lights and fluff and things that we like to eat and presents and trees and all that, and all that's lovely. But we want to peer through all of that and find this baby that was born in a manger. And manger, literally the, the word means to eat, and in French, manger actually means to eat. He was born for us to assimilate into our lives. A communion, communion, struggle with that word sometimes. Anybody have words they struggle with? At communion, we receive in the symbol of His body and His blood. So we want to assimilate all that can we can from this process of Jesus being born and not let familiarity breed contempt where we just hear the word for, uh, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given, which conjures up all of the Christmases that have come before. But until we actually realize that He was born for us, not much is going to change in our lives. So we come with me. This is an invitation as we look into this. So let's choose to prepare to follow. Could I get the worship collective up, please? Let's choose to prepare to follow, to see, to accept, to understand more, to deny ourselves, to follow this child whose birth we can witness again. This is the season of the Word becoming flesh So let the child be born into your messy circumstances so that we can have his life in us again today. And what I want to say to you is stop trying to tidy up the mess and simply choose to accept where you are and make room for the king. We all want to get everything pretty, don't we? We all wanted to have the loveliest context. Surely if it was God that was born, he would have had it a wee bit more pristine than that. And maybe that the fact that he didn't tells us a lot about who he is. But stop trying to tidy up the mess. And let's let Jesus be born in us today. Okay, would you stand with me? So some questions as always to help you to respond. And maybe as I was going through this this morning, uh, you know that you're, you're pressurized and driven by fear. And you certainly don't want to do that anymore. Maybe you need to embrace that you're perfectly loved to have that fear chased away. And then finally, do you want to learn to choose? To choose, to make a choice in the absence of fear. If you can answer yes to any of these questions, then please come and join me now at the front going to worship for a time and then we're going to be ministered to. So please come and join me now. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.